Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Lindley Baker. She is an author. She's a speaker. She is a woman with an inspiring story. And you know what I've I've learned over my career, Lindley, is that an inspiring story has some essential elements And one of those essential elements is that there's a hard part that you get to (laughs) overcome, get through your doubts and fears. Your story is is very illustrative of the kind of story that I think helps us all to live on purpose. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you, Dr. Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad that you're here. Now, let's start out by sharing at least a little portion of that story. I would love to have our listeners understand the context around why we're having this conversation in the first place. You've got a theme that I'm picking up on, and that is don't give up on your dreams. There's always some steps that you can take to move toward those dreams. Tell us a little bit about your story that has taught you this. I started off studying math and business at college. I became an actuary. Quite young. Hold on, you're going to have to tell us what that means. <laughs> oh, an actuary is, is someone who wanted to be an accountant, but they didn't have enough personality. Oh, wow. Well, really, there's someone who works with numbers and statistics, and usually they are behind the scenes at insurance companies and Social Security doing all the calculations. Right, and if you've ever wondered... How does the insurance company know how much to charge you for a premium? Well, it's because they look at all of the numbers that the actuaries are crunching behind the scenes. Is that fair? Exactly. Good job. (laughs) And so that's the path that you launched off on. That doesn't sound like what you're doing currently as much. Well, that was just one of my dreams. I also had a dream to be a mom. And so I got married young. I was only 21. And when I was 25, I became an actuary, but a fully credentialed actuary, but I already had two kids. So I decided to stay at home with my kids. It's not that I didn't like being an actuary. I loved being an actuary, but I wanted to raise my own kids. So Mm -hmm. I quit work. But then my husband went to grad school and someone needed to make a living. So I went back to work and that worked great till he graduated for a couple of years. And then we moved to Japan where I didn't speak Japanese. And so there's an adventure. Yes. So I quit work again. And at that point, it was 19 years before I worked as a corporate actuary. I did always have that dream in mind, though, because I I loved the work and I knew my kids would grow up eventually. At least I hoped they would grow up. Mm. And 
So when we were in Asia, we moved from Japan to China, and I found an opportunity to teach new actuaries in China, actually, their first class, because they were just starting to have the business of insurance there in the 90s when we were there. So that was a great opportunity for me to get to know some real Chinese people. And then when we came back to the States, I did like some volunteering with the Society of Actuaries to kind of keep current. But it was 19 years before I was ready to apply for a full-time job again. And and that wasn't easy. Wow. Everybody wanted current experience for some reason. And <laughs> I remember screaming to myself, how can I get a job if everybody wants current experience? Someone has to hire me so I can get that. That's so, where you get the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So I finally got a job with met life because they were looking for somebody who had international experience and was an actuary. And so they decided they would give me a chance to work for them and see if I could get back into it. And I did well, I did so well, they promoted me after seven months. And then after five years, I went to another company at a higher level as assistant vice president and they liked me so much that in seven months, they prov- they promoted me to full vice president. And wow. yeah, I mean, nobody does that. You're an assistant vice president like five, 10 years usually before you're full. But what I learned is when I was on my work break, I was gaining skills that feed into what a manager needs to do to nurture, to train people, to lead people, to organize people. And so it was actually an advantage in the soft skills that I needed. Can I just jump in here for a minute? Because you say you took a work break. (laughs) Anybody on the planet who understands what it means to be a mom knows that you were not taking a break from work. You were doing a different kind of work. Exactly. And you just mentioned a few of the things that that come through engaging in what I think is the most important job in the world, parenting. Um, You learned managerial skills. You learned people skills. You learned very practical skills. Uh, You used your numbers a little differently for a while during that, quote, work break. And I thought it was important to at least acknowledge that as we're going through. I know a lot of our listeners are parents. And I think far too often we underestimate the power of that particular job in our own personal development. I know that it's taught me a lot. And obviously it has taught you a lot too, because as you return to corporate America, Uh, you found that you were equipped better after a big hiatus from working the job. Um, You were equipped better to actually come in and do a better job because of your experience. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. And another advantage is work is easier. I think after Mm -hmm. being a mom, 
being a mom, it's like every waking minute you're doing something. And so if I'm working a 10 hour day, my employer thinks I'm really dedicated, but I think it's a break. Like afterwards, I <laughs> lose the work, you know? And so that's yes. part of what helped me get promoted because the, just what I was used to, how hard I was used to working. Cause I had six kids. It was very yeah. busy. Uh, as you're sharing this story, Lindley, I'm thinking about the principles that are driving all of this. And your theme about don't give up on your dreams. There's, there's always something that you can do from where you are to move closer to what your dreams are. And, and we don't have to be anywhere else. I mean, where you are is the only place that you can really start anyway. Exactly. The, talk about what you've learned about the principles behind actually achieving those dreams. What comes to mind as you, as you reflect on your experience as being the most important messages that have come from that? I think one message is that you need to keep all your goals in mind all the time. Not that you're always working on all your goals, but you always keep them in right. mind. So like your antenna is up. So if something happens that can connect to one of your goals, then you can grab it. Like my opportunity to teach at college in China. I wasn't planning on that, but then I heard they were looking for a teacher and there weren't any Chinese actuaries because it was a brand new profession for China. And I just happened to be there and it, it worked out great for me. And when, and when I was, um, so I, I have three, three main goals in my life. One is to be an actuary, one's to be a mom and one's to be a musician. That's my third goal. Uh, and when I had, Six kids, they're all at home, but the baby was in first grade. We lived close to a university that had a music department. So I worked part-time and earned a master's degree in viola performance. Viola is the big violin. I didn't even know this about you, Lindley. <laughs> but, and people ask me, like, how could you do that when you're raising six kids? That's crazy. And I tell yeah. people I did it for my sanity. Because for me, it was, it was so fulfilling to do my dream, to be with other grownups, to talk about music, to create music at a high level. It was actually therapeutic for me to be able to take that break and do something important for me while I, the rest of my life was super busy on the mom job. You know, I think you just illustrated a really important point. And it gets to our why. Why are we doing this? I think dreams arise in our hearts. I, I had a, a guest recently who used that phrase, and I love it. It comes, it, it rises in your heart, okay? The, the dream. And not everybody has the same dreams. So pay attention to what yours are. And as you've illustrated for us, Lindley, your dream is for you. That's why you have it. Exactly. That's why you have the dream. If, if you're doing it to check off a box or fulfill someone's expectation, it doesn't carry the same power. 
It doesn't carry that, that, that same energy that you've shared with us here today. Your degree in viola performance was for you. It yeah. wasn't so you could prove yourself to anybody. It was, it was simply because it was your dream. And that makes it powerful. It also brings up another issue. And maybe we'll get into this a little bit more in our second half today, uh, Lindley. But here's, here's what that triggered for me. I think there are two reasons to fulfill your dreams. And I'm thinking about the three that you've shared with us. To become an actuary. Check. Did that. To become a mom. In spades. And then also to, to, to get this music degree to, to have that be a part of your life. You've accomplished all of those. I hope you have more dreams too. But here's the thing. When you accomplish your dreams, it improves your life. But that's just the selfish part. Because as you accomplish your dreams, you also open the door for others to see the possibilities that they have in their own life. And I think you're a good example of that, Lindley. And I know that you have inspired people through your speaking, through your book. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we get back from this break. Does that sound good to you? Sure. Folks, this is Lindley Baker today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. Welcome back. Lindley Baker today at Live On Purpose Radio. Lindley, you've got me thinking about a number of things. Oh, and before we get too far, you were starting to share with us a, a couple of principles that you had identified. Now, you said it's important to hold your dreams in your mind. You don't have to be working on all of them all at the same time, but don't let them go. Keep them there somewhere. And then I think I kind of took off on a different tangent before we got to the other important principle that you wanted to share about that. So the, the other principle is really the reason that I wrote my book. It's because people are afraid to do some things that they really might want to do like, for example, a woman might be afraid to have a child or, or the third child that they would really want, or maybe they want to work part-time while their kids are preschoolers or even, even take a break and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are afraid to do it. They, they choose not to because they're sure it will ruin their career. And maybe they're getting that message from society. But my message is I took a 19 year break 
and I had six kids and it didn't ruin my career. So you can figure it out or maybe I can help you figure it out, but it's, there are more possibilities than we really think. I I think we get lulled into thinking sometimes that a career has to take a particular path. And, and you've shared with us here an example of taking 19 years off of the regular path, but still successfully having all of it, the family and the career. And yes, sometimes the timing has to be adjusted. That, um, that dream that you have is there for a reason. We talked about that a little bit in the first half. And for you to protect that and move toward it through everything else that, that you're doing. Uh, is it too bold to say you can have it all? No, no. The, the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg said the same thing. She's, really? she's Yeah, she's trained her clerks in life lessons and she explains that she explained to them that they can have it all, but that it would be foolish to think you could be successful at everything all at the same time. So it really becomes more of a timing issue, doesn't it? Exactly. I want to run something by you, Lindley, because with your experience, I think you'll, you'll have a unique perspective on this. Uh, I talk to my clients sometimes about reasons and seasons. Reasons and seasons, okay? And anytime you have a dream, you can come up with 15 reasons why you can't or why it's not available or how it's going to ruin your career. But your mind is also powerful enough to come up with a couple of ways that you could do it, that you could handle the considerations and still pursue the dream. Now, having said that, going back to the seasons, just this week, Lindley, we had another little grandson that was born. Oh, oh congratulations. And I tell you, the grandparent gig is a really fun game. <laughs> um, but this little guy is just tiny. And he's so dependent and he has to have his mommy there full time (laughs) right now. That's a season. Mm -hmm. It's not a reason why his mom can't pursue her dreams. It's simply a season of her life when her, her baby is so dependent. And so I've, I've, liked thinking about the reasons and seasons. What does that trigger for you? I think that there's a lot that you can do even when your kids are little. I was still studying for actuarial exams when I had my first two kids. And Mm -hmm. so I would study while I was nursing them, while I was taking care of them in certain ways. I learned that when they were about four months, they started grabbing papers and that was the end of studying (laughs) while they were in your arm. (laughs) But you can figure things out. I've, I've learned that if you have a dream, then you can work toward it in some way, like how I tried to stay current when I was not working. 
and you can take classes, you could teach classes, you can, you can volunteer, you could work on a very part-time basis. I have a friend that's a nurse and she works one shift a week and she loves it, keeps her current and she's mostly with her kids. And I think it doesn't really matter so much what you choose to do toward your dream, especially if it's a, a work dream, as long as it's something you can put on your resume and say, this is what I did so that a potential employer isn't seeing, oh, oh, I see like two months ago, you got bored when your kids grew up and you decided you want a, a job. And so you think you want this job. It won't be that it'll be, oh, I see that for many years, you've been uh, contributing to this magazine or you've been taking some classes and they'll see that it's a long-term interest to you, that you've invested in your dream, even though it was nothing close to full-time in your life. It will give them evidence of, of who you are and what your dreams are. That creates some hope. Yeah. Talk to us for a minute about hope, because I know that's an important element here, too. I believe hope is power. That's a, the title of one of the chapters in my book, because when I was on my 19-year break, I was very busy. My life was completely full. But it was the hope of returning to work as an actuary that gave me the power to find the time to do the volunteering work I did, to do the part-time teaching I did that ended up eventually showing my future employer that I was dedicated to this profession and mm -hmm. it wasn't just a, a whim that I wanted to come back. I think without hope, we, we lose the energy. You know, you, it, it's hard to see the potential and the outcome and to hold that dream in your mind, like you've shared with us earlier, is, is such an important aspect of all of this. Hope is power. Yes. And, and I had no guarantee that any of those activities would lead to what I wanted. It was only hope that kept me going. But I'm hoping that my experience can help other people to try something similar if they have a similar dream and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they can work toward their dreams kind of in the background while they're living some of their other dreams. I'm, I'm trying to think if I know anybody else who had the dream of becoming an actuary. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the point, right? Everybody's dream is their dream. Yes. And the principles are consistent. The principles that helped you to become an actuary and a mother and a musician are the same principles that could help someone else to become an astronaut or the president or whatever it is that your dream is. Exactly. I mean, perhaps your dream is to climb Mount Everest and yes. you're afraid to take four months off work to go for the experience until maybe you're 60 years old. You feel like maybe your career is okay at that point. <clears throat> and then maybe you're too old. So you need to really consider what your dreams are and, and go for them. And be careful about, you know, thinking that you're too old for anything. I'm remembering I, I interviewed Dr. Carol Master here on my show, she summited Everest. And I can't remember specifically, I think it was on her 61st birthday. 
Wow. <laughs> and she was the oldest American woman at that time to have ever accomplished the feat. We have to hang on to hope. And there are so many examples all around us of, of just how that's possible. And Lindley, you are one of those examples. Tell us about your book. You've mentioned it a few times. Tell us a little bit more about your book, um, where we can find it. Talk to us. My book is called Don't Be Afraid to Do What You Really Want to Do. And the subtitle is Reach All Your Life Dreams. My website is linfluence.pro. So that's the letter L and then the word influence.pro. And there you can uh, contact me. You Pretty soon you'll be able to pre-order my book. Hopefully by the time this airs, you will be able to. In my book, I talk about my early career, reaching my first dream of becoming an actuary and then transitioning to my second big career of being a mom. Yeah. Um, the first, so one of those chapters is called terminate because that's the only word that I have stuttered on in my entire adult life because it was so hard to Ooh. quit the job I loved. And yeah. And so I'm not saying any of this is easy, but when you reach your dreams, that's when you're happy. And so then also the journey of how I get, I got back into right. work. Um, I cover career concepts, how it's important to have a way to make the living and, and a living wage mm -hmm. because so many people end up in some life circumstance where suddenly they have to make a living and they, they don't have the means and it's hard to prepare to make a living while you are making a living. So, uh, right. and then I talk about balancing goals through life. I have some examples of some inspiring people, uh, an opera singer who is a soloist and performs in Europe uh, throughout the U S and she has three little kids and people told her she couldn't do that, but she does. And Keep hope alive. Keep those dreams in mind because there's right. so much that is possible. Wow. Right. So then I talk about goal guidance, how to abandon fear, how to stick with major goals or not. I have a story about when I was, I thought I would do a half Ironman because I thought that would really help me be fit and that'd be a great goal. And by the time I finished the first training session of that, which was five months and learning how to run, just the running part of this half Ironman, that goal had totally evaporated. But it was okay because it wasn't like something I had to do. And then I go through step-by-step -step for a break. If you want to take a break, how to prepare to leave, how to prepare to come back. And I end with a message to employers. It's called get to the edge, hire people after a break. Because the idea is if someone's had a break, they're on break because they were fired because they didn't work well enough. But if they had a mindful reason, a real good purpose, like raising kids or something else for their break, they can come back better than people that didn't take a break. Such an important message. Lindley, I am excited to see your book. I know that you're you're putting the finishing touches on it as we have our conversation here today. 
Folks, the book is called Don't Be Afraid to Do What You Really Want to Do by Lindley Baker. And the website is Linfluence. Just remember influence with an L in front of it. Linfluence.pro for professional. Linfluence.pro. Lindley, thank you so much for joining me here at Live On Purpose Radio today. Thank you, Dr. Paul. It's a pleasure. You've heard it now. It's time to go apply and live on purpose. Mm -hmm.